Hello and welcome to Under the Skin from Luminary. This week I spoke with Jimmy Carr. Jimmy Carr is a British stand-up comedian, TV show host and author. His latest book, Before and Laughter, The Funniest Man in the UK's Genuinely Useful Guide to Life, is out now. That's a long title. Now that Under the Skin is on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review there. It helps us and we'll read them all out. If you'd like to listen to the rest of this podcast and all my weekly Under the Skin podcasts, all you've got to do is subscribe to Luminary on Apple or download the Luminary app. There's a special offer at the moment, and it's a bloody good one. Luminary's got a sale going, right? Up until the 3rd of January, you can get a year of Under the Skin, Above the Noise, and all of Luminary's other great content for $23.99p. That's like less than... How much is that, Jim? We've done maths on this. Less than a pound, two pounds. Now, in the UK, it's 1949 for a year of absolute access to absolutely everything. What's that like? That's much cheaper than anything you could get in Starbucks. Anything... You couldn't get nothing in Starbucks That's every that month. That's why it cost me £3.40. That's like, what, what £3.40 for? Yeah, it's like this little teeny little thing. Well, teeny little what? What you buy in there? Flat white, oat milk, flat white. Why don't you get one of them gold coins? I do sometimes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all right. <laughs> anyway, this isn't about that. This is about getting the Luminary promotion. So there's a link in the description. You, up to the 3rd of Jan, you can get a year's content. I really recommend it. In this part, we talk about how neuro-linguistic practice helped Jimmy, how the world, how you see the world ain't how the world is, how we react to the world is everything. So, anyway, he was pretty deep, wasn't he, Jimmy? I thought you liked the last sentence, right? Sacrifice is the only way of showing love. Everything else is affection. But that I got that off of, um, I forget his name in the podcast, but his name is, of course, Robert McGee, the great um, screenwriting coach who is featured in the Nick Cage movie written by Charlie Kaufman, Adaptation, played by Brian Cox, who you might know as Logan Roy in Succession. He plays Bob McKee. Bob McKee, in his screenwriting courses, he sort of obviously delves into the world of philosophy because storytelling and philosophy are basically the same bloody thing what do we tell stories about how to be how a person might live so this is a great chat between me and Jimmy Carr and I hope you enjoy it trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not a successful route yes that's that's exactly right we're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss it doesn't look like an ideology what's beneath the surface of people we admire of the ideas that define our time the history we are told and welcome to Russell Brand under the skin. Because you are such a devotee of humour and its incumbent requirement to never take things seriously, to continually peek from behind the veil, did you find the sincere aspect of writing a biography challenging? I, I, I mean, I did. I think it's a very interesting point you make there because I think we can both, we're both kind of doing that thing of going, especially with this book now, I'm slightly, I kind of went back and looked at your book and sort of you go... Well, you can be very sincere about life and not serious about it. You can, everything is better with humor. It just, it sugars yeah. the pill. So the idea of going, look, my, my sort of, you know, my gift, you've got to lean into your edge, whatever you're good at in life. And I'm, I'm good with jokes. And I kind of felt like, well, self-help's like, I've got an awful lot from sort of the, the general area of self-help. That, that bit of the bookstore has given me a lot over the years. And I kind of wanted to put something back. And you sort of think, well, Eckhart Tolle can't write dick jokes. And I can. So it felt like low-hanging fruit. Like there's no competition there because it, it's a brilliant bit of the world, sort of self-help and self-improvement. But it, it's very earnest. And I haven't got that earnest energy. I kind of find that a bit difficult. Yes, I'm interested in that. And that's something that I would like to discuss with you later. But I'm first of all going to have to address that you used the phrase dick jokes and low-hanging fruit so close to one another that I have the image <laughs> of sort of a bunch of low-hanging reproductive organs all jangling together like it's dreadful mangoes 
Well, it's yeah. I mean, it's a it's a great image, is what it is. You're you're very good with that. Thank you're you. Very good with image. You were right at the vanguard, I, I reckon, with personal development. I feel like at some very early Edinburgh, some almost pre-TV Edinburgh, knowing that you were into NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, like one of the tools that people like sort of um, Bandler, Richard Bandler and sort of Tony Robbins and sort of people like Paul McKenna, like sort of espouse. I remember knowing that you knew a lot about that. What, yeah. is that something you apply directly in your creative content or more in for making you the man that can operate at the level you operate at? I think it's one of those things where you uh, it becomes, I mean, to use a very NLP term, it's the idea of it's unconscious competence. At some stage, you kind of learn that stuff and it becomes a part of who you are. And that's how you mediate the world. So that the, I mean, the great sort of, the, the sort of central premise of NLP, I think, is that the map is not the territory. How you see the world is not how the world is. It's how you see the world. So your perception is, uh, you know, your disposition is more important than your position in the world. 95% of life is how you see it, not what happens to you. And it doesn't appear that way. It appears that things are constantly happening to us and that we're reacting to them. But really, are how we, how we react to the world is everything. And then it's got that like central premise question. The most, the sort of the fundamental thing, the thing that really spoke to me about NLP, and I think it's one of those things where, I wouldn't recommend NLP particularly to people, but I'd recommend trying a lot of these different things. And then whatever is the one that resonates with you. So you try all these different flavors and go, but that's the thing that I like. So for me, that central premise of like, what do you want was the most fundamental, simple question, but also the most profound and life-changing thing. If you can answer that in any given scenario, it's better. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Sometimes I find things that are applicable in like quite particular areas of creativity, e.g. acting, what do you want in this scene, will always help you to approach a scene differently. Or in the t in terms of storytelling, like there's a lot of stuff that, what's the the main man in storytelling called, like that we you do courses on? The hero's Yeah, I'm actually not Campbell, the one that's more directly about screenplays. Anyway, it don't matter because he, he, but in, actually in, in adaptation, Brian Cox plays this guy and I went and saw him and did a course with him and he was absolutely fantastic um anyway like he said this thing that um he said like that the only way of de like in writing a screenplay in demonstrating love is sacrifice everything else is affection now like he was talking about the context of storytelling but i feel like that's pretty applicable anyway that feels, that feels like we could spend an hour unpacking that that's huge isn't it it's such an interesting thing of going, everything else is affection, but sacrifice demonstrates love. And you think about every movie you've ever seen does that. But also if you think about, uh, you know, religious stories and what they mean to us. And I'm, I'm not a religious man. I'm, you know, that's where we differ. I'm, I'm an atheist, but I, I haven't thrown the baby out with the bathwater. Those stories still mean a tremendous amount to me. You know, the, the, you know, what do you get from those and what do they actually mean? Kind of decoding those seems to be a very valuable thing. I'm reading Huxley's um, perennialism at the moment in which he, of course, looks for themes and types that are recurrent throughout various mythologies and scripture in a sort of Joseph Campbell way. But I guess it's some, even though it's a pretty popular and populist book, it's a little more esoteric in like, you know, direct quotes from the Bhagavad Gita, then from the Bible and Meister Eckhart. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, a bit populist. Yeah, populist. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, populist, yeah. No, it's like it's a bit like J.K. Rowling. It's just, it's flying off the shelves, mate. Flying off the shelves. Have you seen the audiobook? It's number one. What are you talking about, populist? If you haven't got a copy of Aldous Huxley's perennialism in your home, have you seen the cartoon franchise? Often, uh, yeah. with my Happy Meal, I get an Aldous Huxley little toy just with my yeah, fries. I, I, I read the graphic novel and I got more out of that. I really enjoyed it. You're more of it a does visual feel like, learner. I, I read a brilliant thing... Uh, last year called Amusing Ourselves to Death. Have you ever hmm. read it? It's like a, a media studies book by hmm. Neil Postman. But it's, it's, it was written in 1984 and it was written about uh, basically the difference between Huxley and Orwell mm-hmm. and the idea that there won't be some oppressive power from above taking, you know, oppressing us. It will give away our power for uh, drugs and treats and, and, and uh, you know, diverting things and the idea that you go, oh, it's absolutely come to pass. It's a, a brilliant piece. Yes, yes. I, I guess that I have like downstream captured a, a little bit of that, that we live in sort of Huxley's um, saccharine dystopia as opposed to Orwell's bleak one that through pleasure we both, can be controlled. I think it's a, it's a weird that my favourite quote of all time, I think, is, uh, is William Gibson, the sci-fi writer, said, the future is here, but it's not evenly distributed. Mm-hmm. And the idea that we have in our world... We have lots of different things going on. So actually, the the George Orwell 1984 world, if this podcast is going out in China, if anyone can get hold of it, yeah, that's what's going on there. But here, come to our, come to the Western world, we've got the brave new world, Aldous Huxley. It's not like everything's okay here and everything's bad there. It's different levels of what what's actually going on. Yeah. And then there's people kind of popping their heads up and that feel a little bit awoken. In a sense, that's a good way, Jim, of demonstrating your earlier point about position and disposition, that to assume that there's an absolute reality that we're all all participating in evenly is a a kind of solipsism. But as well as us having like these very discrete and distinct individual subjective experiences, I'm starting to suspect there is a kind of cultural subjectivity that we operate in little boxes that we are afforded and that, that that doesn't just apply to us as individuals but beyond our individuality there are certain sets well, that, of assumptions we live with one of the things i talk about in the in the book is sort of how your beliefs change everything like when i changed my beliefs in my mid-20s my life changed um fundamentally uh, and i went from having kind of quite a boring life to having quite an interesting life and all that changed really was my beliefs and i wanted to share that with people that was the reason to write the book to go right well I've had a son now and I want to share that with him and to the the wider world to go like, I can't pay back what I was given by that, but I can pay it forward. That sort of thing. And the idea that, yeah, you, you're, you're kind of, you know, as you, as you move through life, you kind of, what you believe, the things, the rules that actually govern us aren't the rules from above or outside. They're the rules within the assumptions we make about ourselves. I'm not the kind of person that does that. I, I, I'm not, I'm not that kind of, um individual so i will never even try it i won't allow myself to you're sort of limiting beliefs it's one of the things that i love about what you've done with this podcast with your kind of there's a pivot in your career where you've gone well you always kind of felt felt to me like more than anyone i think that i knew you very much kind of um like identified with that trickster god of comedy so you know comedy's from musical and it's from variety and it's from uh the court jesters and speaking truth to power and before that it's from tricks to gods you know and nancy and it's from uh you know the the uh, monkey king and all of these kind of brilliant figures in in history and it strikes me that that kind of devilment is kind of what you've you played into 
And then that's the thing that I see that there's a wisdom in those tricks to gods that you've kind of gone, oh, that's my edge. Not necessarily the comedy. The, the, it's, the, it's the shamanic comedic thing that comedians do that's going to be that, that bit of it is the thing that I'm going to move across to this new life. And that will be the consistent part. It's a really interesting transition that I've seen. Thank you for that observation. You've always been so encouraging to me, always, Jimmy, right from the get-go. And I feel like... Um, well, I, 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 it's one of my great regrets. That you have continued to encourage me. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, what can you do? What can you a do? A few crunching early tackles and the world might have been spared a lot of silliness. Like, um, <laughs> like what... what? <laughs> If you're enjoying this conversation, join me over at Luminary on Apple Podcasts for the rest of our discussion and for all the latest episodes of Under the Skin. And please take advantage of that special offer and get a year for the price of a little gold coin in Starbucks per month. Although that wouldn't be a healthy way to live either. Under the Skin from Luminary.